grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to a sermon podcast from Salem Lutheran Church. For more information, please stay tuned at the end of the sermon.
Then Peter began to speak. Now I, I really am beginning to understand that God does not show favoritism, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. He sent his word to the people of Israel, proclaiming the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, because God was with him. This is the word of the Lord. Brothers and sisters in Christ, I don't know if you've heard last Monday a tragic event had taken place. It was during Monday night football game, and in fact, it was only like five minutes into the game. A gentleman on the defensive side of the team was going for a tackle, brought down the receiver, and then stood up, took maybe a step, two at the most, and then fell down. It was quite shocking, and no one knew what to think. All of a sudden, the players were all around him. We find out that they were actually um, carrying out CPR on the gentleman. His heart had actually stopped. In other words, he had died on the field. You don't hear that all the time. You don't see that. You see people getting hurt. You see people getting carted off, but someone whose heart has stopped. And of course, there's all kinds of speculations why this happened, but they had to resuscitate him. And then they did so again when they finally did get him to the hospital. He's listed in critical condition, but the good news is this young man, 24 years old, is now alert and talking and texting and is communicating with his family and also his football family. He's still listed in critical condition, but things are looking up. What I found interesting that when this first happened, the number of people that were calling for prayer, and in fact, the very next day, there was actually a sportscaster. I didn't know him, didn't recognize him. He actually prayed a prayer, and, and he would use the name of God. But that was it. He didn't go on any further. In fact, all the calling for prayer never mentioned to whom should we pray. Well, the good news is, is we know to whom we ought to pray. We pray to the Lord God Almighty. We pray to the one who is one God, and yet three in one, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, yet one God. This is the Trinity. So there is, again, three in one. This is the true God. Human rationalization is never going to figure it out. Human logic cannot even begin to grasp it. We accept it because it's an article of faith. We believe it because this is how God describes himself. And when it comes to prayer, I always teach people to pray in the name of Jesus. That's how I was taught to pray. Always in the name of Jesus. Well, first, because he's our Savior. And also, because he is the mediator between God and man. But above all, we pray in the name of Jesus because he is the Lord's anointed. Now concerning 
what does that mean and what that ought to mean for us today, I'll let the Apostle Peter explain it. As he explained it to a man, Cornelius, and to his family. Cornelius was a Roman centurion, which means he was not a Jew, he was a Gentile. And Cornelius had received, he was a believer, by the way, a very God-fearing man and, and was known for his generosity of giving to the poor. This Cornelius had received a vision from the Lord. The angel of God had said to him that he was to go and send for Peter and listen whatever he tells you. So he sent three of his servants and and it must have been about a day trip away because they didn't actually reach till the afternoon the home of where Peter was staying. He was staying in Joppa at the home of Simon the Tanner down by the sea, the Bible says. And Peter, that very next day, it was noon and, and definitely hungry, was on the roof of the house and the Lord gave Peter a vision. And in this vision, he saw a sheet coming down, held by its four corners. And as it came down, he saw what was inside the sheet. And here it was filled full of animals, both clean and unclean animals. Remember, Peter grew up under the ceremonial law that included even the dietary laws. You did not eat clean meat, unclean meat, that is. And therefore... He heard the voice of God say, go and eat. Peter would not eat. I'm not going to eat unclean meat. And then God replied, what I call clean, you are not to call unclean now. And three times he saw this vision. Obviously, God was driving this point home. For God was, was now ending that ceremonial law, especially those dietary laws. And along with it, he was ending the dividing law, or the dividing wall between clean and unclean. It was right after that that the three gentlemen shows up at Peter's door. They invited him to come with them, and Peter does. Peter comes to the home of Cornelius, and when he gets there, he says this. Now I really am beginning to understand that God does not show favoritism. Peter made the connection because the Holy Spirit is definitely working in his heart that not only is God ending the dividing wall between clean and unclean, but the dividing wall between Jew and Gentile. Peter came to go and preach to them about Jesus. That's what he was called to do. And before he even got into telling Cornelius and his family all about Jesus' death and, and suffering and all about his resurrection and the hope of everlasting life in Christ Jesus alone, he first brings up baptism, the baptism that John performed, and in particular, the baptism that John performed on Jesus. Jesus didn't need to be baptized because he was a sinner and he needed the forgiveness of sins, but he was baptized to fulfill righteousness. He was baptized because he is our substitute who took our place. And in fact, Peter even makes this important point about Jesus' baptism. He says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. 
anointed him. The, the Old Testament word for anointing, the noun, is actually the word Messiah. The New Testament word is Christ. Both of them mean the anointed one. And keep in mind that there were three offices that re required anointing by oil. There was prophet, priest, and king. And when a person was anointed in one of those three um, offices, it meant that, first of all, God chose that person. And second of all, the Holy Spirit would be sent to give them all the necessary gifts and abilities to carry out their important office. So the Messiah always was pointing to the Savior because the Savior would be anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power in order to carry out the work of prophet, priest, and king. For we needed a king who would defeat Satan and conquer death itself. And he did so by his resurrection. We needed we needed a prophet who would proclaim the fulfillment of all those Old Testament prophecies. And Jesus is the one who fulfilled them perfectly. There is no other Savior. Jesus is the only one. And then we needed a Savior who would be a, a great high priest offering the ultimate sacrifice. And that was the offering of him very self for the sins of the world. But in order to offer such a sacrifice, he would have to be perfect and holy and without sin. In fact, in order to save us, he would have to perfectly be obedient. And when it comes to our salvation, we always speak of obedience in two ways. We speak of it passively. His passive obedience is, is dying on the cross, paying for our sins on the cross. But in order to pay for those sins, in order to win for us the forgiveness of sins, in order to win for us that ticket to heaven, we needed a Savior who was active obedience, actively keeping that law perfectly for us, which is exactly what he did. Peter also said he went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil because God was with him. So at the baptism of Jesus, when the Holy Spirit is landing on Jesus in the form of a dove, and John saw this, he recorded it. And then he heard from the voice, and that was from the cloud, saying, this is my son whom I love. I am well pleased with him. There was no doubt. Jesus is the Lord's anointed. He is the Christ. He is the Messiah. Yes, he fulfilled all those Old Testament prophecies, but if you still have some questions and doubts, there ought to be none now when it comes to the fact that God himself announced it, that, that he or he was anointed at his baptism by the Holy Spirit in power. He is the Lord's anointed. And I cannot emphasize that enough. We didn't pick Jesus to be our Savior. He was chosen to be our Savior. We were told he is the one. We're not looking for another one. He's the only one. And we don't even see him as simply one among many. For no other can claim to be the Lord's anointed. 
except Jesus Christ. He is the Messiah. And that's the title given from the Almighty Himself. So when doubt comes knocking on your door, and I wouldn't doubt that we've had it knocked on our door quite a few times in our lives, and might find it knocking on the door again. And when we find ourselves questioning, maybe we're dealing with hardships, maybe, maybe we're dealing with, with troubles in our lives, feeling anxious, maybe can't even put our finger on it. But it just, it just starts to question when you think of all the things going on in this world and, and some of it you might even find, it's just insane what people are saying and doing these days. Don't lose hope. When those doubts where you find yourself questioning, is this really real? Is God really real? Is, did God really save me? Did God really pay for my sins in full? Is heaven really my home? After I die, can I really say that I and my loved ones are going to be in heaven and that my loved one has beat me home? There is no doubt. All because Jesus is the Lord's anointed. So flush those doubts away because they're garbage. Jesus is the Lord's anointed. And along with that, he is the Lord of all. After Peter got done mentioning that he now realizes that God doesn't show favoritism, he went on to point out this to Cornelius and his family. He said he sent his word to the people of Israel, proclaiming the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. It was, the, it was the very Savior who would come from the, the, the line of the Jewish nation. He would come from the line of Abraham and the line of David. And, and he would born the very Son of God who took on human flesh, fully God and fully man in, in one person. And therefore it is not surprising that the Lord would tell the people of Israel from whom the Savior came to go and preach the good news. And even Jesus, after he ascended, before he ascended back into heaven, told his apostles to go and be my witnesses, to go and be my disciples, making disciples to the ends of the earth. Starting in Jerusalem, going all through Judea, Samaria, and to the very end itself. And why go out that far? Why not just stay in, in, in the land of Israel? Why not just minister to those people and those people alone? Because Jesus is the Lord of all. The good news that we have is the good news of forgiveness and eternal life. But there's also the good news that being a Jew doesn't make you saved and being a Gentile doesn't mean you're condemned. Jesus is the Lord of all. In fact, the one who is acceptable to God is the one who fears him and does what is right and acceptable in his sight. That word fear is such a beautiful word because it's the one word that certainly sums up perfectly the two main teachings of the 
Bible, the law and the gospel. In one sense, we fear God because the law shows us our sins. It brings us to our knees. It causes us to cry, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. I deserve your wrath and your punishment and your anger. And yet, we see fear in the sense of I'm afraid of hurting God, the very God who saved me, that in spite of my sins, and in spite of the fact that I was dead in sin, he made me alive by his grace and mercy. And now it is out of thankful love that I live for him. I don't live for him because I'm trying to earn it. I live for him because he won it for me. He paid the price. And he paid the price for all. Jesus is the Lord of all. As we as modern-day disciples of Christ, carry out his holy command to be his witnesses and to go make disciples of all nations, we do so, certainly, living according to God's holy will, letting our light shine before others, that they may praise the Lord that burns in our hearts as they see it in our lives, but also as they hear it from our lips. But above all, we proclaim that holy name recognizing, again, Jesus is Lord of all. The next time you find yourself standing in line, like even at the grocery store, keep in mind that the person ahead of you, you might come up with all kinds of judgment in your mind about that person. But one thing that you have to understand and always take to heart, that that person ahead of you is just like you, a sinful human being, and Jesus is his Savior, too. If you've ever gone to a concert and, and you see the just tens of thousands of people and, and just cheering and yelling, oh, you may never meet all these people. In fact, you only meet those around you, and you might not even find yourself talking to them because the concert is so loud and, and, and it is so overwhelming. You know one thing about all those people as you know about yourself. They're all sinful human beings, and Jesus paid for every one of them, including you. For Jesus is the Lord of all, because he is the Lord anointed. So all glory, praise, and honor to the Lord anointed, Jesus is the Lord anointed. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to a sermon podcast from Salem Evangelical Lutheran Church. If you have any further questions or would like to learn more about Salem Lutheran and its ministry, please check out our website at www.salemevlutheran.org. Once again, that is www.salemev l-u-t-h-e-r-a-n dot o-r-g. May God bless you today and every day.